At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. Another winning edition of the HHC. Four straight victories for the Hornets. They're now 20 and 18, and so many different topics to break down in this one. Clutch shooting, big plays. The epic comeback, second in a row against Sacramento. And we've got the perfect man to talk about all of it with us. Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs for the Charlotte Hornets, back again with us on the Hornets Hivecast. Matt, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Anytime after a win, I'm doing good. <laughs> well, you must be doing really well right now then because that 122-116 to 116 victory over the Kings had a little something extra to it. I don't know if it was being the first really close game with fans in attendance at Spectrum Center or just the nature of the comeback, but this one felt extra special. It sure did. I can just think of games in the past when the way this game was flowing tonight, you're probably not going to win a game like that. But this team this season has found ways to, to come up with victories, have big fourth quarters, clutch moments, and just really impressed with this group. So many different players we can focus on, but the first one I want to go to is Terry Rozier. He has had some major clutch moments over the course of the season. Tie ball game, his teammate Gordon Hayward finds him for one of his biggest shots of the year. Kings, the worst defensive team in the NBA statistically. See if the Hornets can take advantage. They go to Hayward right away. Jump stop in the lane. Throws it out to Rozier. Catch and shoot three on the way. Yes, sir! Terry Rozier! Rip the net cord! Timeout Sacramento! Terry Rozier, 26 points. None bigger than that three there in the fourth quarter. In clutch time, he comes through again. Sam, I think why I'm so impressed with Terry Rozier is you just have the feeling when he gets the ball, 
this season. And it really doesn't matter. He's had so many good games, but it doesn't matter whether he's having a great game or not. And you get to that fourth quarter, he's your guy. He's been the closer for the Hornets. He wants the ball in his hands. He's hit big shots, game winners, and he just is not shying away from any big moment. He's proven that he is a closer. I've been just so impressed with him lately. One thing that stood out to me about that play was it didn't appear to be designed for him. The ball was in the hands of Gordon Hayward. seemed to be designed for him to break down the defense and try and penetrate. And I'm sure there are, I know there are a lot of star players in the league where if a play is not drawn up for them, they'll migrate to the corner. They'll, they'll just hang out. They'll watch one of their teammates go to work. Sometimes it can be, you know, sulking that they weren't the one picked for the play, but overall they they just aren't as engaged. It's like a wide receiver on a run play. It's like, well, it's not for me, so I'm not going to run my route. And that is not at all what happened with Terry he was engaged in the play. He found open space. He presented an option for Gordon Hayward to make the right decision and come through. I think having the ball in Gordon Hayward's hands is the right idea. I mean, he makes the right decision, whether it's scoring or passing. He's just got such a great IQ for the game. But Terry year, I think where he's really grown, where he's really matured, is just his ability to make smart decisions. You know, I think in the past, you know, previous years, you know, depending on the flow of the game, what kind of what kind of game is he having? Is he scoring much? What's the playing time look like? What's the rotation look like? This year, he seems unfazed. You know, no matter what's happening in the game, he is ready, even if the play's not, as you mentioned, not designed for him, but he can still stay ready to take the big shot, to create a shot off the dribble. It really doesn't matter. And I think he's really just taken a step up in the right direction, just being ready at all times and mentally maturing and being ready for whatever comes his way to make those big moments and big shots. You played in the league, obviously, for a long time. Is it a rare thing for a 20-point-per-game type of guy to have that level of unselfishness and be that engaged when the play isn't drawn up for them in the final minute? Or am I making too much yeah. of this? No, I think it is rare. I mean, obviously, you know, there's players that can do that and, you know, handle it that way. But it's not easy. You know, a lot of guys, you know, you kind of have one speed, and that's, you know, I'm going to be the scorer, I'm going to make the play, and that's my role. But to be able to do it and not do it at times and just stay ready and, and wait for your number to be called. And if it's not called, maybe the play breaks down and it comes to you. So, no, I think that's a, that's a mental toughness. That's a maturity that he's able to do that not a lot of guys can. Here's what Terry had to say to us after the game on the Hornets Radio Network and our flagship station, WFNZ, about that clutch three. I just wanted to move without the ball. Uh, I know G is our go-to guy, me or him down the stretch. I just tried to give him my outlet uh, when things got tough when he was down there and he found me and I, I was able to knock the shot down. So now Terry's come through in the clutch a couple of times, Matt. Gordon Hayward has as well. Malik Monk has won a game against Sacramento with a clutch play. We've seen LaMelo Ball be the decision maker. How dangerous is a team like the Hornets when you're in an end-of-game situation and there are several players who have established that they can handle the clutch moments, and you honestly have no way to know which area to focus on. It's extremely tough, and I think that's why the Hornets have had so much clutch time, fourth quarter success, because there's so many guys that can be that one, be the guy that steps up to take the big shot, to make the big shot. And whether it's Gordon Hayward, who naturally, you know, he's an NBA All-Star, you would think it would be him. Terry Rozier has proven this year it could be him also at multiple games. And then you got guys like Devontae Graham and you have a rookie in LaMelo Ball who wants to be that guy and will be that guy and has shown that he can do it also. So I think that's why we got to attribute a lot of the success of the Hornets to late-game situations because they have multiple options and guys that don't shy away 
and want the ball and want to take the big shot in those clutch time moments. Season high tying four game win streak now for the Hornets. The squad improving to 20 and 18. That puts them into a tie for fifth place in the Eastern Conference with the Boston Celtics with a big road trip coming up. We'll talk more about this big W, uh, the clutch play in particular for the Hornets, and maybe the signature moment of the so far early tenure of Gordon Hayward. Talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs for the Charlotte Hornets, here with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. And Matt, this game had a lot of heroes, a lot of big performances. The 26 points from Terry Rozier certainly stands out. Bismarck Biombo, 10 big boards, a big defensive stand late in the game. Devontae Graham, four threes. But if you had to boil it down to one play for me, I would say it was the Gordon Hayward steal plus the throwdown and one. That was the signature moment. Into the corner for Barnes. He won't take the three. Pass deflected. Stolen away by Rozier. Up the floor for Hayward. Hayward, one-on-one with Fox. Goes right up. Throws it down on De'Aaron Fox. Gotta get framed. And it and one to boot. Gordon Hayward with a signature moment. First time really having one of those in front of the fans. Only two games to choose from for it. What stands out to you about that play and that moment in this early portion of Gordon Hayward's time in the Queen City? Well, I, I love the play. I have to say, you know, my first thought was watching the play evolve was I saw Miles Bridges on the left side coming down, and I really thought that Gordon was going to throw a lob once the defender committed to, to Gordon up for Miles, and he didn't, and he made the right decision because he put on a heck of a tuck right there. That'll be a sports center top play, but I just think it was an incredible play. It shows the athleticism that Gordon has. I had a good chuckle with him after the game. He was walking into the locker room, and I said, man, white man can jump, can he? And, uh, you know, he got a good laugh out of that. So, you know, us white guys, who normally don't get a lot of respect for being able to jump too high in the NBA. Well, Gordon's one of those guys. He's not your normal white guy, I guess, because he can really get up. And I just thought it was a great play. And to get it and to get fouled and just kind of a momentum-changing play, it gets the entire team, the whole bench fired up, and all the, the fans that were in the arena definitely love that one. Gordon, after the game, talked to the media about that sequence. Here's what he had to say. Honestly, making a play, just competing out there. When I got the kick out, I did see Fox. I know he's, he's super athletic, and so I thought he would try to challenge. And so in those situations, you definitely cannot lay it up. you got to try to go dunk it, and that's what I did, and I was able to to finish, and I think it was a huge momentum play for our team, so it was good. So the old man can still jump a little bit, huh? I, I can still jump from time to time. I think that's the case. No one should be doubting Gordon Hayward. I mean, the, the injury days are over. This is as good as we've ever seen Gordon Hayward statistically as well as in impact. He's had a game winner against Orlando, and I think in the two biggest plays of this game on the offensive end, Gordon Hayward has his fingerprints on the basketball, both the tip to start that sequence and then the dunk with the and one and the big assist to Terry Rozier. He had his fingerprints on both those. I wouldn't say he's an old man, but in the NBA standard, you know, being in your 30s, you are kind of old, but he's still got a lot of bounce in those legs and (laughs) he 
he's proven to us, I think, time and time again this season that you're right. The athleticism is there, and he is moving and 100% healthy. Am I going to have to watch out for you with Gordon now? You're calling him old and not athletic anymore? Do I have to keep an eye out for you? No, I don't think so. I think that's just a little banner. You know what I mean? He's my boy, you know, and I love kind of just, you know, getting on him a little bit, you know, and I think he knows he's been around the league for a long time, and I think he surprises people. But the more you watch him, I mean, gosh, I mean, he is just so good. He can do so many things. And, you know, you got you to be able to jab each other a little bit. You know what I mean? That's part about being a team. It's something that you can do when you were in the league for 10 years, as the great Matt Carroll was. Matt Carroll with us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Gordon, after the game, tweeting out, you know, never say die. That's the attitude, the mantra for this Hornets team. This was certainly a game, Matt, that statistically speaking, the Hornets at certain times didn't have any business being in. The team allowed the Kings or the Kings, you know, insisted upon against the Hornets shooting close to 60 percent from the floor. And it gets even more stark when you focus it down and look only at their shots within the three-point arc. The Kings only shot 29% from deep, which is pretty poor. But when you look at what they did in the paint and just in the two-point areas in general, they shot 71% from two. That's unheard of. And some of it was, you know, just getting good looks, blow-bys. De'Aaron Fox was incredible out there. But this is a team that shot the ball extremely well and led going into the fourth quarter. Teams shooting better than 50% from the field or when trailing going into the fourth quarter is a good statistic for any team. And the Hornets, you know, they're well below 500 in both those scenarios and able to overcome them both last night. I think the impressive thing is the Hornets probably shouldn't have won that game. You know, the the, the Kings were tremendous at getting into the paint and, and making two-point shots and getting to the rim. And, and they found all kinds of ways, the whole team, especially De'Aaron Fox, getting to the rim and scoring. But the Hornets will find a way. And it happened in Sacramento, and then it happened back here in Charlotte tonight. So, you know, what's the recipe or how have they done it? It's hard to say exactly, but they just they don't give up. They keep scratching, keep calling. Even when it's a game, when you feel like their team's playing well, they are finding ways to win those games. In your opinion, is that the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team, the fact that you're able to steal a couple of these wins? I mean, you know, there are obviously some playoff teams like – you know, championship quality squads like the Lakers, it's assumed they're going to make it. They're just so dominant. They're going to win in a normal 82-game season, 50 games just off being better than their opponent. But for teams that are trying to make their way into that area, are these the kind of Ws you need to see to know that the Hornets will have the upper hand or have the chance to have the upper hand over teams chasing them like the Pacers and Bulls and Hawks and others? I think it's a sign, you know, when you think of, playoff teams they find ways to win games and especially games that maybe they shouldn't win like tonight for the Hornets and then you think of teams that don't make the playoffs they find ways to lose games and so I think the Hornets are establishing an identity and showing that they can win games even when they're not supposed to win them and I do I think that's a sign that this team is built and good enough to make the playoffs and make a little run if they can get in there which I think it's looking like they will Guys start believing. You know, you start winning games like they won tonight, like the game they won in Sacramento with the great comeback. And guys start to believe. And, and winning's contagious and making big plays and clutch moments. You know, when you have a belief that you can do it, it starts becoming a reality. Hornets with this W, it's four consecutive victories. They're 20 and 18 on the season. And depending on how you're, you're slicing things, if you're looking at the gap between them and the team that is closest to but currently outside of the play-in bubble 
The Hornets now hold a three-and-a-half game lead on that squad. It's the Toronto Raptors. But some of those games to play are pretty difficult. The Hornets about to set forth on a path where they'll have 11 of their next 13 games on the road. We're going to talk about the path ahead in just a moment when we return with Matt Carroll here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. We're extremely confident in those moments, and we just got to continue that. There's no panic. Obviously, you got to make shots, and Terry Rozier, another huge shot for us, you know, down the stretch, and give Gordon a lot of credit because Gordon was the guy that kicked it out to him, and he trusted him. Head coach James Borrego talking about the clutch time performance of the Hornets last night in a 122-116 to victory over the Sacramento Kings. Sam Farber and Hornets director of player programs, Matt Carroll here on the Hornets Hivecast. We've talked about the clutch performances again and again and again, but to see a team be in these scenarios and seemingly always come out on top, I can't remember the last time the Hornets had a clutch game that they didn't find their way to a victory. What are your thoughts on how Buzz City is performing under pressure? I think it's amazing. You know, I mean, they have just found ways to win games. You know, it's a couple players. You know, Terry Rozier comes to mind. Gordon Hayward comes to mind. I think the whole roster seems like they believe. If the game's close, they have a chance to win it. And I think they're playing the win. They're not playing for selfish reasons. They're not playing for one player to make a game-winning shot. They make the extra pass. They take the right shot. They make the right play. And whatever the winning play is, they seem to be doing, and it's working. Here's a crazy stat for you. It has been 24 games, so a third of the season, 24 games, since the Hornets last lost a game by five points or less. You have to go all the way back to January 16th at Toronto. They lost a game by three. At that time, you know, Malik Monk wasn't really a part of the rotation. LaMelo Ball wasn't a starter. It was a very, very different squad. But regardless of that, when they've had an opportunity to close it out, they've done it pretty much every single time since January 16th. I think you have to give a lot of credit to Coach Borrego and his staff, you know, just the preparation to make adjustments late game on the defensive end, to make adjustments offensively, to, to call the right plays for the right player, to have the right substitution pattern and rotation of guys in the game to make those plays. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things that have added up, but I do think you have to give, obviously, a lot of credit to the coaching staff also. Well, Matt, now the team hits the road. They'll be away from Spectrum Center for 11 of the next 13 games, most of it against high-quality competition. This road trip coming up, the first three out of the gates are Denver, the Lakers, and the Clippers. They'll wrap up the road trip with Houston, who is certainly struggling right now, but four of the five are against teams that are currently in the playoff picture in the Western Conference. Then they're going to come home, and it doesn't get any easier because they're going to face off against the Phoenix Suns as well as the Miami Heat, both of whom are playing some of the best basketball of anyone in the NBA. And then they hit the road again on a trip where they're going to see Brooklyn and the Pacers and the Celtics and the Bucks. So looking at these next 11 games, the next month roughly of the season, what are your thoughts on what the Hornets need to do 
over these next 13 games to either maintain their playoff position or just maintain the level of confidence you would want to have that the team will end up in a playoff spot. Well, there's no denying that is a difficult stretch ahead. But it's the NBA. All the teams have to play the same team. So, you know, everybody's going to face the, the, the tough ones and the big ones eventually. But this is a tough, tough test. And there's a lot of games on the road, so it's not going to be easy. But I think, you know, what they have to do, they got to keep playing the way they are. I mean, they're, they're, they're winning games. They're finding ways to win games where they're not having great nights. And if they can do that, I mean, look back against Toronto where they make 11 threes in the first quarter, you know, tie an NBA record for threes in a quarter. And then tonight, it's the fourth quarter. They only had made 10 threes at that point. So talk about a tale of, of two different games and the way it was going, but they find ways to win both. And at the end of the day, there's a, both a win and a win column. And I think they just got to continue to play that the way that they are. and their, their confidence is growing after each win that they get. I can see a belief. I can see a, a buy-in with everything Coach Bragg was trying to do with these guys. So I think just continuing to play the way they are and produce, and, and they'll have a chance to win all these games. One thing that I think is certainly a benefit to them is the timing of the trip. If you're going to have to have two trips like this, you want them to come when your team is fairly well rested. They are. I know they've just played three games in the last five days coming into today's off day, but you know they're coming off the All-Star break and they're all healthy. So I, I don't think there's a better time to see a trip like this. But overall, as a player, as a member of a team, would you rather face this kind of murderer's row, seeing all these teams in a month-long span in, in adverse circumstances with so many road games, or would you prefer to you know, face the Lakers and then have a couple of games that are not quite as difficult competition. I mean, what's better to, to see them all, just get them all out of the way or to spread them out over the course of the season a little bit more than they apparently have been this year? Well, I think it's always nice to have a little bit of rest, but the reality is this season, there's no time for rest. I mean, the, the schedule is so jam packed, so condensed with so many games. I mean, it's basically no days to even practice, you know, so they're watching film they're learning on the fly through game situations, but not a lot of time to practice. So that's how the season is. There's not much of a choice. I think ideally you like a little bit of rest, but for the reality that there's not much rest that, that can be had right now, you know? So I think the way they're playing with the confidence that they have, let's just get them going. Let's get on the road here and, and carry this win streak to the West Coast, play some of the top teams in the NBA and see what happens. Two questions left for you to wrap up this edition of the Hornet Tivecast, Matt. Number one. Uh, roughly a month from now, when the Hornets come back home to host Atlanta on April 11th, what do you think the team's record will have been in the previous 13 games? Uh, again, there's a five-game trip to the Western Conference, a six-game trip featuring mostly Eastern Conference contenders, and only two home games against two elite teams, Miami and Phoenix, in between. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to go with seven and six. I like it. So I'm, feeling pretty, I'm feeling pretty confident about this team regardless of how tough this West Coast swing is going to be. I think they're going to carry the momentum. They're going to surprise some of the top teams in the West, and they're going to come out on top at 7-6. and six. I love it. I love it. Certainly going to carry some momentum into Denver. The Lakers, there's, there's a lot of question marks about who will be available when for them over the next couple of games. They've been struggling with health issues, and even if they weren't, the Hornets, the way they've been playing, I, I'm with you. They, they're certainly not going to be afraid. They're not going to drop the sword, so to speak, against anyone. Last question for you, because you were very helpful 
in determining our HHC guest schedule last time the Hornets head west. Who should be on the midnight duties looking ahead here? Because we got a couple of West Coast games, some 10 p.m. tip times back east. So who's on the 2 a.m. recording call? I'm going to say that should be Sam just because he is uh, younger than I am. I'm probably either going to be up in the middle of the night attending to my dog or one of the kids that is probably sneaking out of their room coming down to my room. So I'm going to say it probably Sam. He's got a lot of free time. He's very good at what he does. I enjoy listening to him. So let's give Sam the call. He's going to kick us off. All right. So Wednesday night after the, the game against the Nuggets, preceding the game against the Lakers, he'll get the 3 a.m. call and he'll have to do the podcast for the 18th. So something to look forward to, Matt. I like it. Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs for the Charlotte Hornets, our guest today on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks as always, Matt. We appreciate it. And, hey, another winning addition. We'll hopefully uh, have you back in when we need another W. Sounds great, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to it. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. An invitation, join us tomorrow. We'll have another edition of the Hornets Hivecast as the team takes to the road. And in preparation for game one of the trip against the Denver Nuggets, our guest on the schedule for the HHC, Hornets television voice, Eric Collins, the man himself. He has been so spectacular on all these calls and as much buzz as the Hornets have gotten, deservedly so, Eric Collins has gotten a lot of buzz as well. So look forward to talking to him about some of the memorable moments so far and his expectations as this team heads west. Hopefully you'll join us for that one as well. Till then, for everyone here on the Hornets Hivecast, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. And in the words of LaMelo Ball, Thank y'all. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.